David Eagle. The Radio Experience. Good night, dear. Good night, love. Good night. Good night. Can't sleep tonight. What a bloody pain. Once or twice was enough, but now it's driving me insane. Time starts to pass, but still that sheep keeps going. Ooh. I turn to my wife, but she is fast asleep. I wake her up. Can't you hear that bloody sheep? Um, not really, darling. Uh, just ignore it and go to sleep. <laughs> I'll try and do what you say and go to sleep like you. Oh, for God's sake, a bloody and iron sheep. Will you stop it, you stupid oh, fool? Oh, come on, dear. Now I'm trying to go to sleep and all I can hear is you. Me? It's not me, love. It's, it's not me. It's the sheep. It's the sheep, love. Can't you hear it? It keeps bleating. It keeps, keeps bleating, love. It keeps bleating, that sheep. It keeps bleating, love. It keeps bleating. It keeps, keeps bleating, love. That's Nick of Shape the Packet! I'm trying hard not to hear, but it bleats so loud. That piercing sound fills my ears, and I can't filter it out. But my wife doesn't care, as back to sleep she's fallen. If that Nick of Shape. Doesn't shut its stupid face I'm gonna fetch my gun And blow that sheep into space But my wife looks at me As if I'm going crazy Oh maybe, maybe I'll try and go to sleep But what can I do? Oh and that sheep won't stop Oh, come on, dear, now I'm trying to go to sleep and all I can hear is you. Me, it's not me. I, I, it is you. I mean, can't you hear it? No, I can't you hear you. it. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. Spare bedroom, I think. That nick shape that I can't get to sleep for that nick of sheep. Shut up, you f***ing sheep. Right, that's it. What? No, I'm sorry, I've had enough. No, Wait, no. What are you do? I'm getting my gun. That sheep is you history. Can't, you can't stand the back. Sheep. Stand back. No, please, darling, no. I don't care what you say. That sheep is gonna oh, die. No. No. Don't pull me away. Think about the mince pies that we can eat once I've blown this wretched sheep open. Well, mince pies are very tempting, but you right. can't just go killing sheep. No, don't, don't try and stop me, love. No. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, that sheep. Kids bleeding love. It's me insane. It keeps bleeding. It keeps, 
keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, it keeps bleeding, love. It keeps bleeding, it keeps keeps bleeding, love. Come back to bed, dear. Come back to bed. Oh, no, stop it. What are you doing? Put the gun down! You f***ing sheep! No! Die, you stupid sheep! No! You f***ing Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, well. Good night, love. Oh, good night. Yeah, see you in the morning. Good night. Oh, dear. What are we going to say in the morning? To the farmer. Unfortunately, I, I know. That's the end of the song parody there. I, I imagine you're all thinking, but did you not do a sequel, David? What what happened in the morning when the farmer woke up? Did he, did he find out? What? Oh, I don't know. I haven't made that up yet. I mean, may, I'll tell you what. If I get paid the right money, I might think about it. I might write a sequel to that. And we've got more quality music to come. Obviously, that was quality music you just heard there. More quality music to come very shortly. Uh, some more folk music recorded for my folk music podcast. Some live music coming up very shortly. David Eagle. David Eagle. The radio experience. A few friends uh, came around. I mean, we were just sort of sitting there and the TV happened to be on. Wow. I know. There was this program that came on called Coach Trip. And uh, basically what it is, it's a reality television show. And it takes place on a coach. It's kind of a, bit, a little bit like Big Brother in that um, there are all these people that are on a coach. Uh, but at the end of the day or at the end of the week, um, they evict one person. They have to go home. They get flown home. And then the coach continues. And, uh, and another, per- another person comes on and takes their place. And there's a few characters on this, but nothing really happens. None of them. They haven't, like, picked character. And they have tried and picked a cross-section of the of society. But the trouble is, they all seem to get on. So the poor editors, I'm just... It's, it's hilarious because I can just imagine the editors going of the programme, then the producers going, right, what we'll do is we'll put them all on a coach and we'll, uh, you know, and we'll, they'll all get wound up because we're in a confined space and we'll, we'll take them on a coach trip and they're all going to get annoyed at each other and they're going to have massive arguments and it's going to be a really brilliant programme. But unfortunately it's not like that at all and the producers must be really hating it because they all get on so literally they're trying to make you can just imagine them getting really desperate the producers going oh no they're all getting on what we're going to do turn off the air conditioning shut the windows turn the air conditioning off that'll rile them up but it doesn't they just go oh it's getting a bit hot in here isn't it oh it is yeah yeah oh well never mind Oh, maybe they might take the clothes off and start doing things on the coach. No, they, they don't. They just sort of have a nice little, oh, it's a bit, a bit hot in here, isn't it? Should we open the windows? Yeah, go on then. That's literally all that happens. So the poor producers of this programme have to then, to promote the show, have to cobble together some of the highlights of the programme. And they've got nothing, hardly, apart from one argument which, which happened once on the coach between two people in the series who aren't on the coach anymore because they got evicted off. And literally, the producers of the show have used this, it seems, for, like, the last six weeks of programming. By the way, I've not watched six weeks of programming. What happened was, it was on the on a repeat channel, a channel that repeats programs, and they were showing them all back-to-back. So we were just sitting there watching all these uh, episodes of Coach Trip. But it's absolutely brilliant, because they've obviously had this argument. There's been this one argument, the one bit of friction on the program, and the producers choose to, to show that. So it goes, previously on court's trip and then it goes nah, 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 and there's a bit of an argument and the argument's the worst argument in the world it's literally just you are a bit sanctimonious you are oh am I am I am I really yeah you are oh well fair enough then 
oh, dangerous stuff. And then you're like, oh, yeah, brilliant. And then literally the rest of it is just loads of people getting on. Oh, you're doing, mate. Yeah, you're all right. Nice weather for a picnic. Well, we've got, I've got some sandwiches if you'd like to. Uh, yeah, brilliant. That'll be nice. What are you doing after when we get off the coach? Do you fancy having a game of pool in the hotel? Yeah, that'll be brilliant. They don't even put them in rough conditions. They, it's a really nice posh hotel that they go to. And then there's this man called Brendan, the tour guide. And he's a really strange character because I think normally if he uh, as a tour guide, he'd probably be really laid back. He's like, oh, everyone's on holiday. They're enjoying themselves. And he'd be really laid back. And he does seem like a very laid back character. He's kind of like, yeah, yeah, we've had a really good day, you know. And it's been really uh, fun. And we've uh, we've been to see some sights. And we've been to Spain. And we've uh, been to a lovely little village in Spain. And we've had a little chat with the locals. And then we were, we're off to the hotel afterwards. And we'll have a couple of drinks. And maybe a game of pool. And then we'll get an early night. And we'll be off in the morning. And obviously, that, I think that's how he kind of started. And the producers have obviously gone... Brendan, this is not very interesting at all for the viewers. We need, you know, we need you to get a bit more stressed. So poor Brendan, has, it's almost like he's been forced, the tour guide has been forced to be stressed. So literally, he's like, there's one clip where he goes, I'm really annoyed. Um, there's, and he doesn't sound annoyed in the slightest. I'm really annoyed. Uh, we're wait, we've been waiting around now for five minutes for these people. Uh, apparently, uh, we're waiting for someone to get off the toilet. That has made us five minutes late, you know. I mean, that's absolutely terrible. Five minutes late, we're going to have to set off five minutes later now than planned you know this is just not good enough and he just doesn't seem bothered really in the slightest but he's almost like the producers have gone come on there's got to be some action here and the thing is, as a, as a kind of a broadcaster and things like that, I really am fascinated by rubbish television programs like this because it's just brilliant how you can make something out of nothing. And so there's this brilliant clip on the, uh, on this program. There's this one clip in the program which they keep going back to like it's the best clip that's happened because it just shows how rubbish this program is. Brendan the tour guide has been called up to Andre's room and the cameramen are like going, oh, brilliant. There must have been some, some action some activity or something that's happened this is going to be good and the cameramen follow them up uh, wondering what's going to happen and then this is literally what happens Andre knocks at the door Brendan the tour guide knocks on Andre's door there you are just to create the effect there uh, and, and then the man and then Andre opens the door Hiya, Brendan. Uh, thanks for coming down. Uh, thanks for coming to see me. Yeah, is everything all right, my friend? Uh, we're off. We're off in the next five minutes. Yeah, 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 Brendan. I just realised that uh, you know we're at the last hotel we were at, about a hundred miles back. Yeah, yeah. I left me shoes there. You left your shoes. Right, okay. What? It can't, this cannot be the, the, the end of the story. Brendan's been called up because he's left, because his other man's left his shoes in the hotel a hundred miles away. It's a pair of shoes. So maybe what we're thinking now is, oh yeah, but maybe the man's going to be barefoot. Maybe that's the twist there. He's going to have to walk around barefooted and he's going to maybe cut his feet open and things like that. No, not in the slightest. He goes, but you're wearing shoes now, uh, uh, Andre. Yeah, well, I've got a spare pair, haven't I? So that's not too bad. Right, okay. Well, leave it to me. I'll see what I can do. Oh, thanks a lot, Brendan. It cuts to Brendan in, like, another room, and he's talking to the cameraman, and he's going, yeah, so basically, uh, Andre uh, has forgotten his shoes. He, he left them in the hotel. So, you know, as a tour guide, you know, it's my responsibility, and I've got to remain composed and calm here, you know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going I've got, to... I've got it all worked out in my head. I'm going to ring the hotel that we stayed at, and I'm going to see if they can find his shoes, and then I'm going to ask them if they can send them on to the next hotel. When, you know, so then they'll be there when, when, when we arrive. So it shouldn't be too much of a problem. Uh, he's not really that much of a problem because he's got a spare pair of shoes. 
and the producers are probably sitting in on going, for goodness sake, pretend he hasn't. Take his other shoes off him. Put some glass down and make him cut his feet. So all the way through the programme, the producers obviously have nothing else of interest to show. So they make a whole, they make a mountain out of a molehill and they use this shoes scenario as, a, as an ongoing theme for the next two episodes. Coming up next on Coach Trip, and will Andre have his shoes returned to him? That's next on Coach Trip, and then it comes to the next episode. And then finally, then the producers must have been like putting this out as long as they could, you know, holding it out. What's the the, the big cliffhanger? But finally, they thought we're going to have to we're going to have to drop. We're, we're going to have to let them know what's happened with the shoes now. So there's, it cuts to the scene, and you know the dramatic music comes on, and Brendan goes. Yeah, basically, uh, Andre, we've uh, I've been in touch with the hotel. Uh, we've found your shoes, and uh, they've sent them back to the hotel. And you'll be reunited with your shoes uh, tomorrow. Oh, that's great! Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Brendan. No problem, Andre. And then the producers are like, oh, damn! Well, that's the end of that one. Uh, that's the end of that scenario. Unless we intercept the shoe delivery. Maybe, right, quickly, on your bike, mate. Intercept the shoe delivery. <laughs> Keep this story going as long as possible. It's the worst programme I've ever seen in my entire life. David Eagle, the radio experience. Now, there's obviously been a lot of floods of recent, uh, but in 2007, the Bishop of Liverpool allegedly said that the spate of floodings was as a result of God punishing us. Punishing us for our irresponsible attitude and our low morals. And I was having to think about this, and I thought, well, maybe. And so I devised the following sketch to illustrate what life might be like um, <laughs> if God did decide to do that. If you're listening to it and you think, it's not very funny... That's because I've tried to keep it as true, uh, as true to the facts as I probably could. So, from what we know about God and Jesus, I've tried to encapsulate their personalities, you see. So, uh, very quickly though, before we play it, I must warn you that there is a few elements of coarse language. Nothing too uh, inflammatory. Anyway, here it is. Stairs a minute, please. Oh, God, Father. What do, you, what do you mean, down the stairs? Oh, you don't mean to hell, do you? I'm not going round to the devils again and asking him if I can borrow a loaf of bread. You can't keep doing that every time you run out. I keep telling you, it's not going to look very good when the Third Testament's released, Dad. Less of the flippancy, son, otherwise I'll come up those stairs, force you to a chair and make you watch your crucifixion video again. Oh, I am not watching that crucifixion video again, seriously. Right, fine, I'll come down the stairs. Oh, seriously, Dad, I mean, how do you expect me to keep a girlfriend when you keep on... Every time I invite them around, you keep on showing them the crucifixion video. Your finest moment, son, oh, when you actually bothered to work for a living. Yeah, and then Mother comes down the stairs and starts showing off the baby photos. Oh, look, there's little Jesus in the manger. Doesn't he look sweet? Oh, look, look, he's hugging a sheep. Oh, will you stop your rambling, son, for God's sake? Ah, God's sake, name in vain, Dad. Oh. You took your own name in vain there. Oh. Put some money in the blast. All right, all right, don't get cocky now, son. <laughs> anyway, come and sit over here. Oh, no, no, Dad, come on, seriously, it's it's just embarrassing, why can't I just sit where I am? I'm telling you, and I'll only tell you once, come over here and sit on my right hand immediately. <laughs> well, for goodness sake. That's better. 
Right, well, son, I've been thinking. Do you remember in the Old Testament? Oh, that that old rag. Honestly, son, some of my finest moments happened in that book. Yeah, Dad, it was years ago. For goodness sake, the Old Testament is so last season. Hey, hey, son, steady on. <laughs> there were good days. I could do what the hell I liked that in hell, those days. Hell, Dad, only in the block. Damn. Oh, again? Damn it, oh, oh. 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 I'll have no money left at this rate. I used to strike people down with lightning, son. Do you remember that Noah story? The the Noah and the Ark, that big flood. Oh, they were good days, son. We don't do anything like that anymore, do we? Well, I'd like to think we've matured a little bit since then, Dad. Well, I don't know, son. Some of those days were brilliant. I mean, I remember once when the angel Gabriel and I got absolutely plastered. Off our tits we were... Oh, 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 money in the box, Dad. Anyway, yes. So, you know, me and the angel Gabriel, there we are, sitting there, and he says, I bet you, I bet you, you come up with ten rules and see if you can get your people to follow Anyway, uh, yeah, so he wrote them down on bits of stone <laughs> and then, uh, well, just gave them to the first person who came along. Wow. I didn't realise that, Dad. I thought it was really serious. Well, <laughs> what was that really funny one we wrote? He, he said, I bet you can't, I bet you can't get them to follow that one. <laughs> oh, yes. Thou shalt not kill. <laughs> I thought that was a bit, I thought that was a bit strange myself. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, anyway, it sort of worked to a degree. Uh, anyway, yeah. You know, Noah's Ark, the flood. I think that was one of my favourites. That was good. So I thought, you know, we don't do anything like this anymore. Your mother's out. Why don't we have a little bit of fun? Hey? You know what I'm saying, Caesars? You know what I'm saying, son? Why don't we have a little bit of fun? What? You serious? You mean, we we do a flood? Why not? Oh, wicked, Dad. Oh, exactly. I mean, we can't exactly do what we did in those days. You know, we got away with flooding the whole world. Only saved a few people. (laughs) I think that might be a bit far-fetched. Anyway, your mother will be back in a couple of hours. But I'm sure we can get away with, uh, you know, I don't know, flooding a few kilometres. Oh, I suppose that's better than nothing, Dad. Oh, excellent. Oh, uh, tell you what, can, can I pick the place? Can I yeah. pick the place we flood? Oh, I see no reason why not, son. You are my favourite son after all. Oh, you're my only son. Well, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret, Jesus. You're not really my only son. I didn't used to play about a little bit, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know something? I mean, I should. I think I should be upset, but, uh, well, I feel as if we've really bonded over in the last few minutes. Oh, excellent. Well, tell you what, well, where should we flood? Let's have a think. Mm. Where? Oh, that bitch. That bitch. My ex-girlfriend. You know oh. the one. Where did she come from? The one who was uh, knocking off the devil behind me back. Oh. Oh. Uh, Sheffield. Sheffield and Rotherham area. That's right. where she came from. Right. right. Let's flood Sheffield and Rotherham, eh? All right, <laughs> son. That's fine with me. One, two, three. Flood! David Eagle, the radio experience on CVFM. Now, it's not big and it's not clever, but I admitted to breaking the law a while back on a podcast, and we'll hear all about that after a production element called Electro Flourishing Riff with Low Humming Kick. Enjoy. We've seemed to have a lot of problems with our modem. Our internet connection's gone all sorts. It's gone, it's gone weird. It's, it works now and again, but it sporadically works. 
So this week's uh, Southside podcast will probably be uploaded courtesy of Nick's Doors internet connection. Unfortunately, they don't know about this. Although if I shout that out, I think I've got the window open. If I shout that out too loud, they actually will know about it. Or if they listen to the Southside podcast, they'll know about it. But I've been using their internet connection now and again just so I can actually have some internet. Because at first I was a little bit worried. I thought maybe the whole of the internet's gone. Imagine if that happened. One day you just wake up and the whole of the internet's just gone. Where's it gone? No one knows. So I've been using Nextdoor's internet connection, which admittedly isn't the most noble thing to be doing. But uh, in my defence, I didn't actually uh, do it on my own volition. What actually happened was um, our wireless router got so weak and the signal got so rubbish that it automatically connected to Nextdoor's wireless, which is unsecure. They haven't password protected their wireless like we have, and so it automatically just connects to Nextdoor. So I didn't realise. I assumed it was our internet connection, and then it wasn't. I realised it was Nextdoor's, and I thought, well... They don't seem to mind. They're getting on with their lives. So I've not been using it too much, but I've been using it now and again just to send an email or something like that. One thing that I found out was at about 12 o'clock when they all go to bed, they turn it off. They turn the wireless off. And you can tell, because what you can hear is they turn all the electric off in the house, you know, all the different, all the various plugs. And they start with downstairs, and I think their wireless must be upstairs. So they start with downstairs, and you just hear click. You think, oh dear, that's the first plug gone off. I've, I've got about a minute before the, she gets round to switching off the plugs at the top of the stairs. Then I hear another click and I think, right, I've got to send this email quickly. So I'm writing it and I'm going, thank you for your last email. Uh, this is just a quick email to say. Then I hear click from next door. She's turned off another connection because you can hear it all through the walls. Click. Ah, only three more to go. Right, OK, I've just got to quickly send this email, but I know that in the next 20, 30 seconds, it's going to be going. So now I'm under pressure, and when you're under pressure, it's really difficult to think about what you're writing because you're too busy concentrating on the, the clicking of the plugs going off. Click! Oh, my goodness, that took me by surprise. She's quicker than I thought, for goodness sake. She's athletic. Thank you very much for your response. This is just a quick email to say uh, that I will uh, not be attending the Sony Awards this year because I don't believe in that kind of thing. Click! Damn, there's only two more to go now. I know you really want to give me this award because you think I'm a radio genius, but unfortunately I can't attend because I, I do not believe in accolades. Click! No, there's only one more to go. I need to send this email quickly. Um, thank you again. Kind regards. Click! And I'm like, no, no, it's gone! And the internet's gone. Oh! So now I've got wise. What I do is uh, I hear the first click. Click! And I think, right, OK, that leaves me with about a minute now, and I'm sending this email, and so I'm writing it, and I'm, I'm writing it, and then I hear a click, and I don't get there in time, and I think, I'm not going to get enough time here. So what ends up happening is she gets to the fifth thing, and she clicks, and I think there's only one more to go, and the wireless is going off. I need to make a distraction. I've got a distractor, so I'll quickly run for the phone, and I'll dial her number. I'll obviously withhold my number. <laughs> and then uh, the phone will ring, and she oh! Well, she, uh, instinctively, you know what it's like when the phone rings, you don't think, oh, I'll just finish that and then I'll go and answer the phone. You think, ah, oh, phone, and she'll leave the other wireless internet connection. So she, it'll just give me enough time. So she answers the phone, I quickly hang up, you can hear her going, oh, fantastic, these people ringing at this time of night, for goodness. And you can hear her traipsing up the stairs. If I'm really lucky, she'll forget to turn the internet off. And it leaves, it's on all night. Oh, yes! Then we can start having fun downloading the porn <laughs> off the internet. And they'll get into trouble for it. It's absolutely brilliant. Oh, the drama, the tension of that story there. 
David Eagle. David Eagle. The radio experience. After the break, I have a nervous breakdown. But first, anyway, here's a little writing joke for you right now. Um, I've just, no, I've, hang on a second, I've made this, I've just made this up during the uh, Marina Ferrato bit. And it may not work very well. What did one font say to the other font? No, 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 hang on. Why wouldn't, hang on a second. Oh, dear. Um, one font said to the other font, will you go out with me? I find you very attractive. Will you go out with me? I find you very attractive. Oh, I didn't even think about that bit. Oh, I'm, I'm on fire. That's, a, that's another joke. So, I, I, I'll do it again. Here we go. <clears throat> One font said to the other font, I find you very attractive. Would you like to go out with me? And the other font said, No, thank you. <laughs> very polite fonts, you know. <laughs> the other font said, No, I'm, I'm sorry. You're not my type. Hey, not my type. Uh, oh no, no, I've got, I've got, I've got another bit. Wait, hang on. Forget that bit. Forget the whole joke. I'll start again. Right. <clears throat> Here we go. <laughs> Work in progress. This. One font said to the other font, um, "If I may be so bold, bold, you see, would you like to go out with me? I find you very attractive." And the other font said, "No, thanks. Uh, you're not my type." And the other font said, oh, it doesn't look like I'm ever going to find Mr. Wright. Mr. Wright, spelt W-R-I-T-E. Okay. Little joke for you there. David Eagle. The Radio Experience.